0: Light's good! Never off! Hard! Hardly Come on, yes. Rant! Life good! Got
1: real close. I hair high, right? Trying to hit two-thirds.
0: Have they no. saved oh. it for her? It. Yes, they have! Ooh, welcome to Game of Stones, everybody. I am Sean Graham Scott, alongside, as always. Hello, Scott. Sean, hey. Uh, that was a long yeah hey what 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 do you do what Well uh, say welcome yeah if you mm. listened
1: to me on Saturday I, I didn't uh, didn't say welcome <laughs>
0: no so I am uh, I am back in the chair here for a Monday night recap of the Scotty's Tournament of Hearts and Scott you know, you know the biggest event of the year requires the biggest welcome of the year yeah uh, so yeah true. we have a new Canadian champion the team out of Manitoba. Carrie Anerson and the four skips come together and win the Scotties her second time in a final. Of course, lost a couple of years ago to Jennifer Jones with the different team, with what is now Tracy Fleury's team. And Val Sweeting, of course, famously lost a couple Scotties finals as a skip with her old team. And now, Scott, they are Canadian champions, defeating Rachel Homan, 8 7 in the extra end last night so let's uh, talk about that okay and what happened in that game because you texted me i was at the airport and you're like looks like this might be an early night it might be yeah that's that's
1: what i was thinking we we had spoken earlier in the day about oh you know if it's a blowout maybe we'll record something before that game was over and uh i, I was all ready to you know to be honest uh Carrie Anderson just really—they really outplayed uh, Team Holman for the first half of that game. Uh, there were some weird things going on. Lisa Weagle hogged a rock once. If uh, something was wrong with with one of her stones, I think. And uh, yeah, it just seemed like everything was going Manitoba's way. Not to mention the fact that Carrie Anderson was shooting the lights out. Every little shot she made was she attempted, she made, uh, including an amazing little come-around chisel. To chip a rock in for two, I believe it was in the ninth, uh, not the ninth, the fourth. Yeah. Uh, and and it was one of these shots where Homan made a pretty good shot, and it looked like she was going to force her, but then the, sort of, the, I think Vic said, "Doctor Anderson to <laughs> surgery, please." It was uh, very very precise, and I was thinking, okay, this game's done, this is over, but then it seemed like the experience of Team Homan in Games like that, it sort of rose up, and the nerves maybe caught Team Anderson a little bit towards the end.
0: Yeah, well, I texted you when you you when we were six to two, and you were like, yeah, maybe it'll be an early one. I was like, well, maybe they'll got tight later in the game. None of them have won before. Yeah, uh, they've all been to finals. Oh, which Shannon
1: is Burchard has won before.
0: Yes, that's oh yes, that's true. Shannon Burchard did win with uh, Jennifer Jones, of course, beating Carrie Anderson. Yeah, in that final in 2018, and. I thought, you know, it's, it's good to be there before. It's good to have that experience. I think it's good to lose, too. I mean, obviously, you'd rather right. win, but, you know, having that experience of losing, being able to go back, figuring out what went wrong, and being able to respond uh, to them, uh, to those situations. I thought it was kind of interesting, too, that you know, Rachel Holman, of course, in that game last year against Chelsea Carey had the big lead mm-hmm. and saw it evaporate, and then this year is down by a lot and then sees that evaporate as well, is unable yeah. to pull it out in the 11th end. But you, yeah, just two teams who had been there before, going toe-to-toe, that's a lot of fun. I, I think though what stands out, at least for me, looking at the, the scoreline, is of course the 10th end. That mm-hmm. you don't expect a team to steal two in a 10th end, especially against a team that hits as well as Carrie Anderson does. All four of them are very good hitters. Of course, Brianna Mayer doesn't have the opportunity to hit as much as she used to, but all four of them can can throw a high hard one, especially Carrie, that is sort of her yeah her bread and butter. Kind yeah. Of uh, and so, so what happened there in that tenth end that gives Holman the chance?
1: Well, there was a couple of half shots on peels, a little bit unlucky, but at the end of the day, it, Holman's guard was sort of covering the four foot line that you would see in sort of that old ice. Ice configuration where yeah. they had those four foot lines. Uh, she did manage to come wide side on the outturn where nobody had played all game and was able to get uh, a couple buried uh, in time for, for Anderson's last. She had one there and then on Rachel's last came around again, uh, was able to keep one center, center guard, I say with quotes. Uh, and then, yeah, it, Carrie had to draw full four foot and was heavy. It mm. was like, you could sense that it was probably the adrenaline, right? This is a draw. Like, there, there was maybe maybe a quarter of the rock showing. Okay. There was some debate I saw on Twitter, people saying, oh, shouldn't she just pick it? Right. Because uh, that's what she does, right? She throws yep. the, the hard weight. Uh, it, the problem is it's a pretty straight spot, so there was a the risk of going right past it. Yeah. But if you chip a part of it, you're winning the game, right? Where you're drawing, in this sense, against the tie. Yeah. And I think she just had made up in her mind before Rachel even threw, I'm drawing the forefoot for the Canadian Championship and had been sort of psyching herself up for that.
0: Yeah, and I think that's what you wanna do as a skip too. Yeah. Right. When the other team is throwing, you're gonna you just assume they're gonna make it and get in your mind where do you have to put the broom, what is the weight gonna be, and just get in that mindset. Right. That's what, what players at the back end always talk about is yeah, you know, you know at the end of the game with the hammer, you have to be prepared to draw yeah. the forefoot at least, if not the pin, in order to win games. Yep. So you know when Rachel Holman is going down, that's I'm sure that's what's going through her head and bowels too. Sure. Uh for that and uh, the front end too. They're, they're probably about, all thinking. All about thinking about the, the weight, path. Uh, what the path is, what's going on. And you don't want to have a discussion after that either, you know. Especially when mm-hmm. it's against the tie, you yeah. you you have confidence that you can make the shot. So certainly, I, I don't think there's any problem with that. Yes, her yeah. her strength has been hitting, yeah. but her her draw game has gotten much better than what the first time we saw her. Sure, and she did put the broom
1: down for the draw, and then said to the front end, "Well, do you like the hit?" Okay. So I think there was a little bit of doubt there, but. You know, she said, after not much discussion, she said, okay, we're drawing. Yeah. Puts the broom down and goes to the other end. Now, they had also called a timeout, uh, which they didn't really need. They had lots of time remaining. But it was enough time that she went down to the other end and got her routine done and everything ready. But you just you just wonder, like, for a skip that hasn't been in that situation,
0: mm-hmm.
1: that's like, you're going to throw heavier. Than yeah. you typically or you think you are
0: right. Yeah, that's the default. You got the adrenaline going. Yeah. You're gonna kick a little harder and not yeah. notice perhaps. Exactly, exactly. kick a little harder. You yeah. should
1: the, the sweepers should tell you the time to be top twelve, right? And your adrenaline and their sweeping can can get it there.
0: Yeah. So uh, she'd seen. Although, I mean, when. Brett Gallant told Brad Gushu to do that to win the prior in St. John's. He was like, I need six feet more. I think Gushu has said in interviews that he gave him like a foot more because yeah. he, he was scared of doing that same thing. Exactly, right? He was so right. conscious of it, yeah. uh, of, of giving him too much.
1: Yeah, so, you know, a tough go there. And then we get to the extra end, which, honestly, I never thought we would be there. Right. Uh, in the eighth or the ninth, when Team Homan has Hammer, Carrie uh, Anderson was short on a draw. Uh, on her last and sort of set up these two rocks at the top 12 foot and Holman was frozen shot rock behind a corner uh, on the other side and there was a biter a Holman biter at the back and I sort of thought you could maybe play a slash double on the top two and get your shooter to stick on the frozen situation for three and they looked at it they called Marcel Rock out Marcel said that's not there and, and no, then, he's a lead. Well, and Emma was saying, <laughs> it's just, we get two, I don't think we're going to win. Right. Right? She's like, down two without, the chances of us winning is pretty small. Yeah. And then after they stole that two and ten, I was like, oh, what do you think now?
0: Well, they're still small. Like, <laughs> yeah, they're still, yes, like, less than 50%,
1: you know. But they're better than they were yeah. then. Yep. So, I, anyway, I thought she might go for that crazy shot to try and score three. Right. And that could have, you know, really deflated the pro-Manitoba portion of the crowd because it was a very pro-Manitoba crowd overall. Yeah, no
0: surprise there. You know, on the prairies, you know, Prairie's going to support Prairie. And I think we certainly saw it after the game that, and I don't think I realized it just quite how much, both with the fan base and with the other players, that Kerry Anderson, I think all four of them, but Kerry Anderson in particular seems to be a very popular player. Uh, amongst the other players, right? Mm. It seemed very genuine what you saw out of Jennifer Jones and her team during the medal ceremony. Mm-hmm. Uh, they seemed really happy for them. Rachel Holman, uh, who who you know tends to not have too much emotion in her post game comments, she she was genuinely smiling and seemed really happy for mm. that team in in her interview. And certainly the online outpouring right. was pretty strong as well. So you know, really popular team and we see this with curling fans sometimes too they, they like the new kids yeah, on the block yeah, right? exactly. they, they want new people to win they like the parody of it so yeah, and I'm not surprised that it was a pro Manitoba crowd.
1: crowd yeah no no, for sure and so uh, we skipped over it a bit but in the extra end a Holman had a, a rock pretty much full for a buried Anderson chose to draw on her, hers instead of peeling a top guard and was heavy again and I thought, uh-oh, right. this here we go. But uh, Holman, it was shot, so Holman had to deal with it. Hit, rolled out. Not a big deal, really. But she gave her the same shot again to win. And turns out third time's a charm on your uh, draw weight yeah. to uh, w- win a Canadian championship. Win a championship yeah. And she's, she put it on the pin, and the sweepers were all over that one. So uh, they didn't panic sweep or, or stay off too long, thinking, right. uh-oh. No, everything was perfect. She put it on the pin. And uh, they were they were celebrating a little bit, but then they went and shook hands with Holman. And uh, like Joanne Courtney gave Val Sweeting a hug because she, of course, played with her. Used to play with, yeah, lost um, the final
0: together. Yeah,
1: yeah, to that Holman team. So, yeah. no, it was pretty nice. And then, uh, yeah, some real good, genuine emotion. I, I always like seeing these teams celebrate that have never done it before because you're right. like, what do we do? Whoa, this is crazy. <laughs> and, and there, some of them are crying and it's just, uh, yeah, it's just the whole week culmination
0: of emotion, letting it go. Right. Yeah. And I, I think for somebody like Val Sweeting, too, it's if she was sort of an up-and-coming player when she lost those two finals and then her last couple of years as a skip were a little down for her. Yeah. She yeah. didn't have the success that she had had earlier. And then to come back with this new team, uh, figure out a new position – it, it really you could she was she barely able to get through her her post game interview mm-hmm. she was all choked up it was it was really fun to see and really a great story so you know congratulations to Carrie Anderson and her team it'll be interesting to see how they stack up now uh, if, if we look forward to the world championship uh, just because we haven't seen them at this at a world championship oh, wearing the maple Leaf. before yeah so it'll be a new experience for them. So it'll be fun to see how they sort of stack up the other teams. You know, they have, of course, experience playing the Anna Hasselberg and Tirinzoni's of the world. Although yeah. like, Tirinzoni won't be there. Uh, Elena Stern will be. Yeah. But, you know, they have experience playing the top tour, uh, the top teams. That's one of the benefits that I think we don't talk about enough for Canadian teams. Right, the first time they go, they have experience against the top European teams. That's right. right. We talk about it a lot with the European and the Asian teams. They get to play the Canadian teams, but it's also vice versa. Yeah. For some of the younger teams, So the first time they go to these things, they're probably in a better position than they would be otherwise. Yeah. You know, they know tendencies of the other teams, what they like to do. And you're not going to be starstruck,
1: right? Right. It's not going to be oh I've never been on the ice with this caliber of player right well you know they do it every week so yeah well seemingly every week right
0: so uh, so that'll be a lot of fun uh, I think for Rachel Holman and her team we're in the Ottawa Curling Club right now home of the Holman for some uh, consecutive losses at a Scotties final interestingly Scott or at least interestingly to me they have been in the final. Of the past three Scotties they've played in, Mm -hmm. and one and two in those three games, but last year, I I think last year's loss is, I, I would assume, tougher for them to look back on and think, like, we should have won that game, Right. whereas yesterday, you get down, and really, I mean, the scoreboard management isn't great, getting ones and giving up twos, but Based on my reading of the game and, and sort of my understanding of it, it was really more a product of Anderson, yeah. and that team playing well than really anything that Holman was doing wrong, necessarily.
1: Yeah, I think Emma Miski was curling 100% through the first half of the game. Uh, Rachel was not playing that well, but it was the product of, oh, I tried to run back for two and missed it, so that's right. a zero. Right. Right. And with not that many shots stacked up, yep, uh, that's what you get. By the end of the game, Holman was up to 82 and
0: Anderson 84. Actually, that's flipped. Flipped. Yeah. Holman, Holman throws 84. Yeah. Anderson throws 82. Which, which So that's crazy, right? Like, yeah. And yeah. speaking of percentages,
1: yeah. Rachel Holman on the week was plus 10 in her 14 uh, games. 14 games. That's pretty good. Plus 10. And uh, Anderson was uh, no slouch herself, I think plus six. But she only curled two games below 80%. And they were both in the 60s. And it was the game to Andrea Crawford. Yes. And the game to Krista McCarville that they uh, that they won in an extra. Oh, they got two in the tenth okay. to win that one. So like, yeah, just a, a really outstanding week for her yeah. as a thrower, as a player. Uh, I think everybody was was happy for her. Yep. I mean, maybe not Rachel Holman's family, or <laughs> or the whole Holman team. Or Darren. Yeah, <laughs> maybe not Darren. <laughs> uh, I was a little bummed.
0: I I was. I was hoping for a home and win but I mean it's I mean being being here every week in this club, it is fun. Yeah. When they have won something big, right? Yeah, you yeah, can yeah. just sort of feel it in the club that people are excited and happy for them. There's like a little bit of pride, right? Like, oh yeah, yeah that's where I play. Yeah. So like, probably I'm just as good. It's right? just like you know, oh, they, where are they going to put the the new banner? Yeah. <laughs> right. Like that sort of thing. So well, yeah. Now Dalal
1: doesn't have to think about wall space
0: for mm-hmm. uh, a little while. I for know. a little while. I wonder if they'll get a Canada Cup banner. I don't. I don't think. I don't know if they do that. But, I don't think so.
1: Uh, An- another thing that comes out of this yeah. uh, is that Carrie Anderson's team wraps up a spot in the Ro- Roar of the Rings. Yes. Uh, By winning this event. Yeah, with the Uh,
0: new rules. Yeah. They do not have to medal at the World Championship, as was the case under the old rules. So they are in. So now we have two teams at the Roar of the Rings confirmed, Rachel Holman and Carrie Anderson. And that's
1: uh, a big purse, as we've talked about before. Yeah. $105,000 for the winning team. Yep. And... They also secure almost 170000 in funding over two years.
0: Yeah, some of the own-the-podium money now goes to them. They'll also get some more... Branding opportunities, yep. you know, next year, all the Carrie Anderson spot, or excuse me, the Chelsea Carey spots. spots that we saw will now be Carrie Anderson spots uh, <laughs> next year at the Scotties. Cool. Uh, so, the, the, and, and some other branding opportunities for them. You know, I, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if you, you see them in like a gold line. I don't know mm-hmm. who they, if they're gold line or ice pad or... Ash, I don't know who who, I'm not who sure they're either. with, but you know maybe some spots with them. But I'm sure we'll find
1: out who they're with now that they're Canadian champions. Yes,
0: right? uh, and perhaps even like some if Scotties starts to bring curlers into their ads as they've done in the past. You know, so so we'll we'll be seeing more of them uh, on our screens and just even locally for them as you know when next year starts because most teams renew their sponsorships year to year this will be a huge boom for them uh, in terms of yeah. getting sponsors yeah and, and
1: you know they want to go through Manitoba next year so uh, it's gonna be a bit easier for them to plan out their next two years ramping up to the Olympics yeah with this funding secure this prize money secure and like you say the sponsorships uh, available for sure
0: yeah no no question so Yeah, next year, Manitoba becomes slightly less interesting because of that uh, with one of the top teams out. But whatever province we'd be talking about, it gets less interesting without a really good team. So, you know, that's always the case there. Uh, One of the teams that benefits, though, from this Carrie Anderson win is Jennifer Jones, who loses in the semifinal to Rachel Holman. And we talked on Friday night, Scott, that I thought uh, Jennifer Jones really needed to win that 1-2 game Against yeah. Carrie Anderson, she does not. Comes out yesterday, gives up a steal of three in the first end. Second. and uh, Second end, excuse me. And that's the sort of thing that against Rachel Holman you just can't do. No, no. And
1: then not being able to convert with the hammer. Uh, after that, she gets a single and four. Holman comes back with a deuce right away. It's 5-1. You feel like this this game is over. Yeah. Although we felt that way last year in the final. We did. So, you know, I, I kept watching it, but... I'll I'll admit I was doing other things at the same time. It was not that compelling uh TV for me and it was just
0: it, it it was sort of a foregone conclusion. Right. So one of the things that was interesting to me though, Scott, was listening to Jennifer Jones's post-game interview where she in the past I have felt and I've been in scrums where I've I've seen it firsthand where she is Seemed very, not very genuine, in the way she's been answering questions. It's sort of like a she flips a switch to media mode. Yeah, yeah. Like the, you know, it, it, in one case in particular, where the light came on for the camera and, and she went into that media mode. Light went off, and she was like, "So we're done." And like was visit. And and I get that you've just lost a tough game. I don't right. begrudge her that, um, but it felt more genuine yesterday after the game. Or when, when you know she's talking about, you know we're having a lot of fun, we're we're playing well. They they had a good week, and she said we're trying things, right? We're we're mm-hmm. building to something, and you got that sense last year when you know they put Jill Officer into games at the Scotties when they were struggling, and they were just mm-hmm. sort of searching for something. Right. This year, you know, we talked about how they weren't really playing great through the week, but we're managing to win games, and I, I, I sort of was like, she's going to win. right, right. right. And, you, I, you know, when she said that, it, it flipped a switch for me of, like, oh, that's that maybe accounts for some of the struggles this year. Sort of that gunliftson thing that he's doing as well, where, you know, we're just trying new things, seeing what works, recognizing what our goal is. If Jennifer yeah. Jones doesn't need to win Grand Slams. Jennifer Jones doesn't need to win Manitoba or Scotties even. No. You know, if she does and she gets the seven, like— God bless her. But for her, the focus is very clearly the Olympic trials Mm -hmm. and the Olympic games. So when she was talking yesterday after the game, it became clear to me that everything she is doing now and that what that team is doing is in service of early December 2021. Ah. And that's what's going on. So that is a team that as we move forward through next season, I might not pick them as much. (laughs) but also not really, I personally, I was almost in a sort of mini panic about that team and how they were trending in right. terms of results. But the way that Jennifer Jones was talking, they're really focused on the process okay. more so than the results. Okay,
1: well, uh, it seemed to me watching them like the process was, was uh, not leading to good results. So uh, if, you wanna, if you wanna say that they're the 76ers, and I should trust the process. Trust the process, ma'am. You know, yeah, maybe. Like, she's great, mm-hmm. Jennifer Jones. And I'm sure could capture lightning in a bottle for a week in December 2021. And she's got the supporting cast to be able to do it. Yep. And if they're focusing on how to play better together, uh, how to communicate, yep. uh, help. Uh, help Jennifer Jones read their deliveries and, and all that sort of stuff, then great. I mean, curling isn't really the sport where we've been, like, you know, usually if you you put something in place, it leads to results. We've seen Jason Gunlickson sort of take this approach of yeah. uh, d- diving into analytics, right? Yep. And it hasn't really gotten him results until... This, this year. year. Yeah. And he's got Adam Casey with him this year. So so it's one of those things that, like, that you can, it's all great to say that, but you do need results along the way. I don't think you play 500 curling and then
0: turn a switch when it right. comes to... Uh, well, she did. I mean, she played 600 this year, right? Winning, yeah, yeah, yeah. winning percentage. And she did just make it to the semifinal of a national championship in a loaded field. So just yeah. say no results. No, I, I know.
1: And, and so that's the kind of thing that makes me think... You're, you're just, like, going through the motions, trying to get something going, and you do this? Like I, that's why I don't buy that it's just we're trying stuff.
0: Well, no, I, okay, maybe I'm mischaracterizing what she's saying, and I'm not being clear enough. Uh, you know, she said, yeah, we're, we're playing really well, but, you know, for them, it is all about a building process, right? Okay. And that's what it is. And, yes, they want to win. They're not going through right, the right, motions. Right. But you know, the 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 they have these short term goals obviously you want to win games when you play games of course Uh, but it seems like everything is geared towards that 2021 I know all these teams are sort of geared in that way towards the Olympic games but that certainly seemed like what the focus is and uh, Melissa Martin I'm pretty sure it was Melissa Martin asked her a question about after you win the wildcard games did you start thinking about I could win number seven here uh, uh, and she said oh well, yeah yeah <laughs> like you know every time you go on the ice you think about winning and sure uh, number seven that'd be great uh and then she also gave a big shout out to prince george which I thought was kind of fun uh she's like i love prince george been there and would have been nice to get back boy I sure would have yeah. loved to go to prince yeah. george and so, in, uh, uh, end of march early jennifer April. jones mm-hmm. in on uh, in on prince george uh anything else scott from <laughs> yesterday
1: uh from yesterday no but i do want to backtrack a bit. And mentioned the other team that made the playoffs there, uh, Northern Ontario. Yeah. And uh, there was something that I speculated on Saturday, I think. It was really late. <laughs> but uh, what, what this Crystal McCarvel team could be. Yeah, they could be really, right? really good. And, and I wonder if the, the ramping up to the Olympics might be the opportunity for them to try and put together a, a little bit heavier schedule next year in preparation for Scotty's and Thunder Bay. Yeah. Really making a push to try and... I, I know they're trying to win the event, but maybe invest a little extra time uh, in service of that to try and push for that Olympic spot. Mm-hmm. I think that they're always going to be in the mix, but if they play just a little bit more... I wonder if it could unlock something. Or is there secret sauce
0: not playing? Not playing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Th- that's something that you wonder, right? Is it having that sort of desire that, that, they, that when they show up to the rink, it's fun? And when they show up to the rink, it is go time. Yeah. You do wonder if that's part of what makes them so good. But at the same time, yes, you do wonder if they played on this ice a little more would that get him an extra half percent here, half percent there, that in these really close games could flip the switch uh, from a loss to win, right? And you do wonder that. I think Curling Geek, though, did the math. Yeah. Estimated about $55,000 in just travel. Pretty expensive. In order to be able to, to do that from Thunder Bay. Uh, and I was talking over the weekend uh, in, in New York with someone who is very well-versed in Canada's air system. Okay. And we were talking about for events say in Saskatchewan or Alberta, how would they have to fly? And this, his sense was, he'd still probably have to go to Toronto, Toronto. to connect out. So yeah. you know that that's not great, right? When you have to take a three-hour flight in the wrong direction or yeah. two and a half-hour flight, whatever it is, in the wrong direction. So it, it would take a big commitment. And as Vic said in his video essay at the end, you know, their mothers first, and then their curlers third. Yeah, uh, and. As Vic said, you know, how can you criticize them for that no, uh, priority? You sure. can't. Uh, just as fans of theirs, yeah, <laughs> we wonder what would happen. But so, yeah, it, with it being in Thunder Bay, yeah, I, I do wonder if they would take on another event or two just to play. But the problem, though, is they're not because of how much they play, they, they don't have enough to get into the Grand Slams. And that's probably where the greatest benefit for them would be. You know, going yeah. to yeah. Yeah. play in the event in Portage as an addition event, additional event, you know, does that really make that much of a difference? Or is it really more just being on that ice in those conditions a little more? Because yeah. the, they, they can go to the, the Fort William and play as much as they want. No, for sure, for sure. And uh, you, you always wonder about that stuff
1: uh, as the kids get a bit older I know Ashley's uh, is quite young just under a year and and Sarah too congratulations to them they had uh, twins yeah twins born uh, uh, and are receiving some some extra care at the NICU, which makes us think of how important the yeah. Sandra Schmirler foundation is uh, for sure but all things seem to be okay and thankfully yeah but as as sort of the kids get older and they you know they'll miss you but maybe not as much or <laughs> maybe you'll be like oh i could use a break <laughs> yeah, right. for a weekend or something yeah. you know uh it's just some food for thought that i i had in my head and wanted to say it into this microphone
0: yeah uh so yeah we love seeing them uh great that they it's amazing that they do as well as they do yeah they're they they're, should, like, they're so
1: good they've been what fourth, so good. fourth or better in the last four that they've been to yeah it's ins- it, it's insane it, huh? yeah yeah they're so good and so fun to watch. Like I don't, I don't get burned out watching them. Like I did with Saskatchewan uh, this right. year. Also, quite a good team. Yeah. Uh, just, I just sort of
0: like the manner in which they play, and they're just, yeah, okay, yeah, let's do it. Yep. So you mentioned Saskatchewan, Scott. We wanted to talk about the attendance. About ten thousand less overall for the week than it was in 2015. Also, in Moose Jaw, mm-hmm. uh, more more draws this week
1: than it back in 2015. Right there would
0: have been 17, 17 round robins,
1: yeah, and then uh, the same for the
0: playoffs. Yeah, so overall, the attendance was down. The week-long price was 50 bucks more mm-hmm. than it was in 2015. I think though, Scott, that you know having been in Saskatchewan, I think the difference in that can be racked up to Robin Silvernagle and the team really being out of contention by Friday morning and not being in the playoffs, right? Stephanie Lawton and her team in 2015 were in the playoffs. Yep. That's going to draw a lot of people out to the rink. You know, Saskatchewan loves Saskatchewan. And if the team's not in it, in contention, that is going to take some of the interest away from the local crowds. So I think a lot of it can be racked up to that. Yeah. Would be my, my takeaway. So. so, you know, not, not all, t-
1: all that different. Uh, it it seemed like an appropriate size venue. Yeah. Uh, and, and Vic loved it cuz he heard, he mentioned it at, coming home after after uh, after every commercial break. Welcome to the Mosaic Center. Yeah. Uh, so I'm free plug for Mosaic there. Um, yeah.
0: I don't even know what they do. Is it credit cards? No. That's
1: uh no, I think it's grain or something oh, okay. or, yeah, see. or <laughs> something to do with farming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Yeah, write in and tell us. uh, Tell us what they do. But it didn't seem that full last night. And I wonder... I always wonder about this Sunday evening finals, right? Is it... It's for TV. It's definitely for TV. But
0: wouldn't it be... Wouldn't you still get a pretty good audience in the afternoon? You would think that you would, but there's certainly more competition in the sports arena during the day on a Sunday. Yeah, what the XFL was on? I thought, like XFL, you got golf on, basketball games on. Eh,
1: eh, the, I think, I think. I mean, there is
0: there is competition, but there's also the, I think the reality too of, of sports programming. Yeah, is that night games draw better than day games? Yes, uh, I right. Get, I get Obviously, it. during the week that you know people working, but on weekends too, right? People. Saturday, Sunday, go out during the day, go really? do their errands, do what? things, and then at night, are in it, especially Sunday nights, right? Saturday nights, people are a little more going out, but Sunday nights, you stay and you watch the game. And I think that's really what it comes down to. I just wonder if it if it might have been
1: better at six Eastern, five local, maybe you could maybe, have maybe got get that few, hour, a, yeah, a few more butts in the seats, you know? Yeah, because watching it seemed emptier than. A major curling final on the prairies should be
0: right, but you you also have to think too of how many in terms of people in the arena, how many people with week long passes don't go. Yeah, right. There's nothing you can do about that. That ticket's sold. You can't really resell it. So that I think that is part of it as well. It goes to the volunteers. <laughs> it's uh, you know when you when you have again with Saskatchewan out of it, and I mean two great teams. Of course, I mean I would have gone and watched it, but. If you've been there all week and it's Sunday night, you're like, all right, I, I, this isn't my local team. The team I'm cheering for might not be into it in, in it anymore. I'm going to go home and, and watch at home. So I, I do wonder what the percentage of tickets sold versus people there last night was and how many week pa- week-long passes decided to, uh, to skip that one.
1: I guess that's a fair point. Uh, the Briar final, I'm just checking, will also be a 7 p.m. Eastern. Yeah. And... Yeah, I don't know if I'll stay or not, but right. uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a uh, it's a valid point. Yeah. So uh, it's all for TV, Scott. Okay. Speaking of TV, Sean, Canada, there was a big announcement that yeah. TSN, RDS, and the Season of Champions have re-upped. Yeah. Eight more years. Eight years. Vic, we have Vic for eight more years, Scott. I hope so. Like, I hope so. Yeah. So,
0: what do you think of this deal, Sean? It makes sense. Yeah. It really does make sense. TSN, the quality of their production is so good. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's the best in the world of anything I've seen, certainly. And yeah. it's it's slick. It's well put together. The people know what they're doing. I think part of it, too, that it gets underplayed is it's it's not that the players distrust Sportsnet or anyone else. But the players trust the TSN people. yeah like they really trust them from the, the, you, you, if you go to an event, the interaction between the camera people and the players you know before the game or between ends, it's they, they, they not like they're friends yeah to get the, the shots that they need and to sort of tell the story of the game. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that leads to a really good product. And if you get to see Vic before games, during practice, he's down at the home end yep. and he's talking to as many players as he can, as many coaches as he can. And they get these tidbits. And that's not to say that, you know, Mike Harris and Kevin Martin, uh, Joan McCusker, that they don't do that. Cause I'm sure they do. Sure. It just, it just feels different with T S N. Well,
1: meeting Vic c- compared to meeting anybody else feels different. He's, yeah. he's like st- read the books or something where you say, he says, nice to see ya. Yeah. And, and <laughs> You're like, oh, he remembers seeing me last time. No, he doesn't. But no. but he makes you feel sort of welcome. And, and I'm sure that's the feeling the players get too, right? Is that yeah. they're they're important yeah. to the story that's being told.
0: Yeah, and, and he's been around for so long, right? That, that he's he is the voice of curling in this country. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think for a lot of the players, they grew up watching him, right? Or listening to him. You don't yeah. see him much yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, during the broadcast, but listening to him. And now that he's calling their games. That's gotta be a really cool experience. Yeah. And, and, and I don't, the, the thing with some broadcasters is you feel that it's fake. But as you say, with Vic, on, on screen it doesn't feel fake, it feels very genuine. Mm-hmm. But it also, just having the opportunity sometimes to see him outside of the booth. Yeah, I, there was a time at the Orleans Arena in Las Vegas he comes out of the booth. It's after the draw. There's 50 people left in the in the building, but one or two of them. It's a little kid, five or six years old, and his mother. And the mother is like, "Hey, Vic," and the kid had a sign or something about how he loved Vic. And Vic, this is at the end of the at the end of the end night, of a
1: long night. Right, so he's yeah. done
0: three draws. He's he's been on TV for nine hours, yeah. plus another however many hours of to do the makeup and the pregame stuff and. it's got exhausted sure and he comes over with a big smile on his face and talks to them for 5 or 10 minutes yeah it was incredible just to see that uh, that level of congeniality and and appreciation like he really seems that he appreciates that people People watch watch. and and, and like it so I hope that Vic sticks around for the whole thing I tweeted that that should have been a deal breaker clause (laughs) for curling Canada with TSN yeah that Vic has to be a part of it as long as, as long as Vic wants to, certainly. I'm sure he'll have that seat. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he's, Mudrick is obviously going to be the next one in line with when, whenever up, yeah. Vic decides to, uh, to hang him up. And, and if Vic says at the end of the Olympic cycle that, you know, after the trials, that that's it, you know, he's certainly well-deserved, but I hope that's not the case.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's uh yeah. Like you say, it's really good. They've, Weathered sort of the transition from Ray Turnbull and Linda Moore, and I think they have a booth that works pretty well. Yeah. With uh, Cheryl and Russ, I mean you you'd always like to have a front end voice in yeah. there to combat the uh, skips sort of taking over. Yeah. Uh, Vic plays that role pretty well. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I think it's fine.
0: Yeah, I, I think Kathy Gauthier... Yeah, they, she, you know they, they integrate her pretty well. That's true. You know during the updates and and during Quebec games, <laughs> if it's a francophone team, right? But yeah. but you know Kathy's there <laughs> as that voice on occasion. Obviously, it's more so during single sheet games in the playoffs where she has the opportunity to, 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 to offer in. that perspective because the rest of the. The event, she's trying to watch three games yeah. at once from her perch. It's actually kind of fun watching to watch her. watch Kathy Goche watch games uh, and just sort of see her head constantly on a swivel. Yeah, uh, but you know they they have that that voice there, and and I I would expect that you know, if Kathy Goche Kathy Goche by the way hardest woman hardest working woman yeah. in curling television and,
1: and this week she was not only watching the games. She stayed up all night. She was up all night watching her son play in Russia. I'm I'm
0: sure she she fell asleep as soon as she got home and will sleep until she has to get up for her flight to go to Kingston uh, this week. That might be true. Um, But, you know, whenever she, if she decides to to retire uh, from the broadcasting side, yeah, you do wonder if we'll get... A front-end player, if if they try to pull in Jill Officer or, yeah. or someone like that into the TSN realm to uh, to take over that role, because it is good to have a different perspective than just the skips.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And uh, I'm not 100 percent sure of all the business uh, arrangements with this deal, but what I from what I understand, TSN doesn't pay any rights. That's what it's for, always. That's what has been in the past. So so they don't pay rights for this, but they cede the ad the the advertising time to curling canada to sell yes right so uh curling canada uh they they don't get any rights money but they'll get advertising money yeah and some of
0: it goes to tsn for the spot right right because tsn has to pay their bills yeah exactly right so it's i don't think the transaction is that curling canada upfront pays for it but it's more of a cost or a revenue share right that yeah tsn does not give up uh, or does not pay for the rights to this. And, and it seems like it's been a pretty beneficial situation. Yeah. If you look at the year-end reports of curling Canada, they make money on all of the events that TSN, TSN shows. shows yeah. And TSN makes money off this as well, because right. it's a it's huge tonnage yeah. for a week. Yeah. Right? It's nine hours a day of no risk programming. I think they say it's about
1: 300 hours a year for the entire season that's of pretty good programming so yeah yeah pretty good deal for them and a pretty good deal for curling canada so yes. uh that's why we see a lot of the same ads mm-hmm. and uh i've teased this a bit on twitter sean but are you up for doing a, a curling season of champions ads
0: review yeah we podcast? can do that yeah we'll do, we'll do one of those yeah so yeah. we'll do that
1: later uh yeah later on once it's less busy games wise yeah for sure
0: um, and then the other thing, you know, I mentioned Vic's essay. We talked about if I should do a Vic's essay. Oh, yes, thing? yes, yes. Okay, I didn't write it, but I have an idea okay. of what I could do. But I don't know if I could do it without laughing because this is not Vic's essay. This is a Vic essay in the voice of Twitter. Oh. <laughs> of what Twitter has been all week. Well. I'm trying to sum it up.
1: If you want, you can record it later and insert it in post.
0: I could, but let's try it now. Okay. Let's try it now, because so, this year, you know, I watched Vic's essay this year, and, you know, people had tweeted about how, you know, it was very moving, and it was good. They're always good. Didn't quite get, give me the feels the way it has in the ah, past. okay. Uh, very focused on the players and how great they are. Mm, not a lot on the city and what it yeah. means? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, there's basically three points that I think we would, we would get to for this. Okay, so, as the siren, this will be my music, the sirens of, of Ottawa. 16 teams, came to, he always starts this way, 16 teams came to Moose Jaw in search of a dream to win a Canadian championship, but as we learned, the Scotties is so much, <laughs> I can't get through it, the Scotties is so much more than just winning a Canadian, ch- I can't, I can't do it, I can't even get through this because uh, so, I'm so tickled by the idea of it. I'm trying um, to, to not yeah. Not, at you. Yeah. Uh, so much more than winning a Canadian championship. <laughs> I can't. I can't. I can't. All right. I got to do this in post. Yeah. I will edit it and do it in post. Do it in post. Then. Um, but yeah, my Vic essence. But, I but love you have to keep answers. all of that in. Yeah, that <laughs> I, can't, I couldn't say it. Uh, so we'll cut it in now. In the weeks leading up to the 2020 Scotties Tournament of Hearts, 17 teams geared up to head to Moose Jaw to compete for our national championship. Always a highlight of the curling calendar, the Scotties is an opportunity for us to come together and watch incredible athletes. Even though we decided that 24 of them were not incredible enough to put on TV, we were constantly amazed by the shot making on display all week in Moose Jaw. And while we are impressed by the competitiveness and skill that they demonstrate on the ice, we are constantly amazed at the type of people they are off the ice. No, it's never a drag to come to the rink to talk to these wonderful players and to watch them ply their trade on a daily basis. And at the end of the day, yes, only one team can come out victorious, but that doesn't take away from the ultimate purpose of the Scotties to root out sclerotinia once and for all and to ensure that as many seniors as possible can stay in their homes. So for this year, the Scotties folds its tents and we are left with memories that we will never forget. But now we look forward to next year in Thunder Bay, Ontario, where women from across the country will come together to put on a great show. And it'll be just brilliant. So, uh, so okay. yeah.
1: Any any last thoughts? Final. Well, thoughts? let's uh, let's just go
0: through our picks, Scotts. Uh, yeah, the picks. this is
1: good because I just saw on your paper over there, and I, I think I might there might have been a mistake. But anyway.
0: Why you didn't write it down? How could there be a mistake? I wrote it down. You didn't write it down. You're right.
1: No, that's but I remember something different than what's on the paper.
0: Okay, so uh, for the picks, as always, you pick four teams, playoff spots, and if the playoff team is correct, you get a point. Additional point for picking the winner. So five available points. Scott, we both picked Rachel Holman to win this event.
1: Yeah, we did. So uh, no points. But
0: point for that. Point for you. Playoffs. Also get points for Manitoba and Northern Ontario. Okay, to good. make the playoffs. You also had Alberta and Laura Walker. And I think that's a very reasonable pick, but this was a very good field. Yes. <laughs> they cool. Did not make it through?
1: So the, the error that I saw is the way you wrote Northern Ontario, I thought it was wild card. Uh, I was looking at it from
0: the upside down, sideways version. Uh, okay, yes. My ends are pretty flat. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so you get three points there, Scott. I get points for Ontario and wild card making the playoffs. I, though, do not get points for Alberta. I was also on the Laura Walker train. And I really liked Team Canada uh, this week because mm-hmm. of Chelsea, Chelsea Carey's, Carey's record. pedigree at Scotty's. So uh, I only get two points for this week. So you get an additional point on me in our race to the end of the season. And the standings will be updated uh, sometime
1: because I haven't updated them lately. <laughs> I think uh, December... I think I just updated them after the Canada Cup and haven't
0: since. Okay, so yeah, so we'll get, we'll get on that uh, before the br- end of the Briar so that we know where we stand as we head into the World Championships. So uh, I think that'll do it for the Scotties, another wonderful edition of the Scotties Tournament of Hearts. Always love it. My favorite event of the year. Absolutely. We, we'll now turn our attention to Kingston and the Briar, Scott, where you know we did daily coverage of the Scotties. We're going to do daily coverage of the Briar, From Kingston.
1: Yeah, we're going to be in Kingston. I'll be on site uh, all 10 days of the event, including the wildcard game on Friday night. And Sean will be there part of the time and uh, will join me remotely for our others. Yeah, so so
0: I I think what we're going to do, you can let us know what you want to, if you have strong feelings on this. Uh, We were talking whether or not we want to cut in some of the post game interviews with the players that are available in the media scrum area. We can do it mm-hmm. the problem is if we talk just about the games then cutting in doesn't make later a lot of sense. doesn't that makes makes a little less sense but but we can try and we'll see how it goes early in the week yeah yeah one
1: idea i had was to to solicit some questions maybe from twitter what do what do yeah. the people want to hear us ask the players yeah. as long as it's not ridiculous yeah we can ask them then we can ask those sorts yeah. of questions
0: and i will also say too just in terms of availability, everyone is available. If you look at the Curling Canada, they tend to pull skips and thirds. Yeah. But in my experience, it's a lot of fun to talk to leads and seconds, too. Yeah. Uh, some of them are just very excited that they've been asked for an interview. <laughs> uh, that never happens. Yeah. So, yeah, if, if you have questions for specific players, uh, coaches as well. Coaches and fifths also available. A little harder to get the fifths, right? I will say. They tend to just leave. <laughs> uh, but coaches tend to go through the media area in case anybody wants to talk to them, especially the coaches who are more visible. You know, I right. remember Earl Morris was always hanging around, yeah. for, for instance, right? Uh, people, and Rick Lang, too, is really good. Right. And he'll be there with Jacobs. Yeah. So Earl Morris never shy to uh, answer
1: a question. Yeah, even if you're just walking by him and you say, "How's it going today, Earl?" He'll yeah. answer you. He will. Yeah. yeah.
0: So, uh, so a, a lot, uh, a lot of chances there. So, yeah, if you have specific questions for players, certainly we'd be happy to be your proxy. Right on. So we'll be back later in the week with a Briar preview, and then of course all week starting Friday nights, so our daily coverage of the 2020 Tim Hortons Briar from Kingston. So do follow along with us on Google, Apple, Stitcher. And Spotify. Spotify as well. Uh, give the likes, ratings, keeps the show going. Follow along at Game of Stones Pod, Twitter, and Instagram. Scott's there at Scott Lakes TV, and I'm at Doctor Shawnee Fever. And as always, you can email the show Game of Stones Podcast at gmail.com. So we'll be back with you next week, or next week later this week, later Excuse this me, week, later yeah. this week. And until then, keep those brooms on the ice and don't dump that intern.